Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. To really know God intimately, you must accept his son Jesus Christ as your personal savior this is where people don't get it this is where many in our world will sing God bless America and it's wonderful they do they will pray to God but they do not understand that to really know God they must absolutely accept Jesus Christ you see sin separates sin is always separated and that separated us from God you've just scored the trip of a lifetime to an exotic destination due to the generosity of a friend who's lived there forever and wants you to enjoy it along with him. You're so pumped you start absorbing everything you can. You learn the language, the culture, what you can eat and what to stay away from. You've become a travel book expert. The dream quickly becomes a nightmare because you never connected with your friend. You lost your luggage and nothing's going as planned. This scenario isn't too far off of what happens if you don't stay in touch with the one that'll help you do life right. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Psalms, chapter 94, verse 9, with our continuing study entitled, Really Getting to Know Our God. I think it'd be very interesting for some Christians to list what they think God is. Now, most people really don't have a good biblical understanding, a picture of what God is really like. Some think he's a cosmic killjoy, that when you have God, there's no joy or fun in life. Some think just the opposite. He's a heavenly Santa Claus. You ask, he automatically gives our wishes. Others believe, many, that he's an angry cop just waiting to squash us when we do wrong. Others don't think any of that, but they think he's aloof in heaven. I mean, why would the creator of the universe want to get involved with my life? So they have a difficult time understanding that. So we have to go to the Bible because the Bible is the instruction book on what God is like and how we're to know him. Turn with me to Psalms 94, if you will. Here we get a little picture in, in just two little verses, in verses 9 and 10, some really interesting things about God. Then we're going to go right back to Proverbs. Psalm 94, verse 9. Does he who implanted the ear, not hear, does he who formed the eye, not see, does he who disciplines nations, not punish, does he who teaches man, lack knowledge. So what do we see from that? We see four things. God knows, he hears, 
He feels and he speaks. Now turn back with me to Proverbs, and since we've been going through Proverbs, that's kind of where I just left off, and I will adapt as the Holy Spirit has guided me tonight to where we are. I think there needs to be as much normalcy in our life as, as possible, but obviously we'll allow the Holy Spirit to guide us as we go back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. Let me give you three little characteristics of God tonight, then I'll give you a couple more. Number one, God is all-knowing, all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. He's all-knowing in nature. Look at Proverbs 3, 19 and 20. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. God knew how to orchestrate this world. Remember we told you one way you can know God is when you look into the heavens. God has placed within us an understanding that he's the creator of the universe. Well, he's all-knowing and he knew how to put it together. He's all-knowing in your life tonight. Look at Proverbs 5.21. Proverbs 5.21. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. I want to share with you just quickly about God being all-knowing. These times that we're living in, and, and I'm going to go through this very rapidly, this is not a surprise to God. The Bible is filled with prophecy, predicting the future. God knows what's happening, and in the Bible, we've learned as we went through Daniel, we went through the book of Revelation, God predicted that Israel would eventually be back in their land, never to lose the land again. That happened in 1948. God then predicted they would get the city of Jerusalem back. That happened in 1967. God predicted, you remember, as we went through the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel, that in the end times, before the rapture, that there would be a revived Roman Empire. We're seeing that right now with the euro dollar and all the other things, those nations coming together. Now the interesting thing, and this is somewhat debatable, but in Bible prophecy we do not seem to see America. So it could be as we're nearing times, and I'm not a prophet saying it's going to happen next week, it could be 50 years, 100 years from now, I don't know. But I'm saying this, it could well be this is the start of the shift of the greatest nation of the world to Europe. We may never again be who we were. I don't know. May not happen now, but eventually it will. Now with all of that, eventually will come the rapture. And there's some interesting verses we don't have time to go into tonight, but God knows. So we want to be ready. You see, the, the Bible says there's a time coming with the rapture when all Christians are going to be out of here. We're going to miss what you're going to see is God's wrath. Now, what you're seeing now is not God's wrath. He's allowed the enemy to do this. But what you see during the tribulation period is God's wrath, and you do not want to be here. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. No reason to panic. There's no reason to panic forever for a Christian. We just have to be alert and ready. All I'm trying to say to you is, when these kind of things come... One of the prophecies, in the, and there's a lot of debate on this, one of the prophecies in the book of Matthew says that when you see this happening in your generation, that's the end. Well, we're seeing all of this in our generation. Be ready. So God is all-knowing. 
Next, look at Proverbs 21.30. God is not always only all-knowing. He is all-powerful. I like this. God can do whatever he wants. Wouldn't you like that? It doesn't work. No one can conquer or defeat God. Look at Proverbs 21.30. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. This means, because God is powerful, He's on the throne, He controls everything tonight. But God is in control of this world. Satan is, yes, still the one that's in control in the, in the physical world we're at, but God is over him. We know tonight that eventually we win. That's why we have hope, even as we go through this tonight. So God is powerful. Now, God is powerful, but he stops it at a point. And the point is your free will. God will not force anybody, listen, God will not force anybody to know him. He'll make it very easy. He'll make it open. He'll give you all the opportunities, but he will never force you to owe him. Now, there's only one time when that will change. That's after death. Because then the Bible says this, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. He could do it now, but he won't. That's what he gives us willingly. I want you to see this verse in the overhead, Proverbs 21, 1. It's in the New Living Translation. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He turns it wherever he pleases. You ever been in a mountain? And you see that little old stream coming down the mountain? It's got every little crazy way it comes and you come all the way down here. Well, this is what this is what this verse means. God's up there and he's just orchestrating everything exactly like he wants. Listen to this statement from a commentator. Great one. A man may be a pharaoh in Egypt, a king of Babylon, a Caesar, a Roman, Alexander the Great, a Napoleon, a Joel Stalin, an Adolf Hitler, or any great ruler of the future. I added in that sentence, Bin Laden. Regardless of how powerful a man is, or may become politically, it can be stated as an axiom that no man can act in independence of God. Many of these rulers thought they could, and men today may still think they can. But the truth is that no man is free from God. No king, no ruler, nor any individual can act independently of God. So when we see all of this, and we don't know who's behind all this, but whatever God does, by the way, as you see this, look at this statement. Every person, including all rulers or assassins, is under God's ultimate control. They can only go so far, and God will say that's enough. Now again, God didn't cause all this. This is caused by man's sin and the evilness in our heart. Not only is God all-knowing and all-powerful, but here's a great one. He's everywhere at the same time. Wherever you are, God is there. Is that good or what? Wherever you are, God is there. Look at Proverbs 15, verse 3. As you're thinking about these, you know, we know these, we know them by other words, but I want to give you simple words tonight. Don't blow this off. Think about that. All-knowing. He knows it all. Now, in this verse, Proverbs 15.3, it says this. The eyes of the Lord are where? They're everywhere. 
keeping watch, here's the balance, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. God's eyes are everywhere at the same time. And do you know that God is here tonight? In every place is God. You cannot run from God, but also I want to know that I can't ever even walk away from God. God will be there. And I believe over these next few weeks, many people who once knew God will be coming back because God's been dealing with their heart. So when you look at this, it's exciting to me that God can bring peace and comfort into our lives. Let's continue to pray as we've been doing. Turn to Proverbs 21.12. God is not only all of those things, but He's holy, He's just, and He's righteous. God will always do the right thing. He loves those things that are good, and He hates those things that are evil. Look at Proverbs 21.12. The righteous one. God takes note of the house of the wicked and brings the wicked to ruin. We don't know when that will happen, but when God says it's done, it'll be done, and the house will come down. Until then, we have peace, because God is holy, He's just, and He's righteous, God is righteous because eventually, because of his holiness, he will absolutely have to judge evil. Now, we don't like that. We don't like to speak about the justice of God. We like to speak about the grace of God and the goodness of God, and I do too. But because he is holy, he cannot stand sin. So he must judge sin. But he's not like our court system where you bring somebody in and 14 years later they finally come to whatever. God is pure and just. And he knows immediately the action to take. Now, sin has consequences. We know that privately, and we know that nationally. Some of what we are experiencing in our country, in America, is a result of our own sinfulness. God says judgment must always begin in the church with us. So the first thing we have to look at tonight before I even mention some of these other things is our own self. You know, this, is, this has challenged us as Christians. There's more Christians praying in this country in the last five days than probably months and months and months and months, including myself and you. More of us a little more serious now about the things of life. Well, we need to improve, get our priorities in straight. And in our country, as a whole, basically probably much of our cause ourself, we have pushed God away from our lives. We have left the principles of his word. You know, in the last few years, we've taken prayer out of the school. We've taken the word out of the school. We couldn't even, except going to the Supreme Court, put the Ten Commandments up. We continue to murder our children while they're still in the womb. We blaspheme God's holy name without a second thought. We have filled our homes with violence, nudity, homosexuality, vile language. Sin has consequences. When you see the nation of Israel, God often 
allowed them to go through very difficult times because they were supposed to be the standard, but they became just like the world. I wonder if we have become like the world. Much of the religious world tonight claims to know God, and as the Bible says, their hearts are far from him. I was reading an interesting report. It said it was reported that after the first tower was struck by a plane, the plane, there was a public announcement that assured those in the second tower, this building is not in imminent danger. Stay where you are. God help us tonight as Christians not to stay where we are. We need God's help. You know, many of us have lived thinking we didn't need God's help. We've discovered we do. This country is in a time when the church should lead the way. I don't think we need to be finger pointing. We just need to be looking at our own lives. You see, when it's very dark, we can be very light. And lightness always destroys darkness. So it's a time for you. It's a time for me. During this time. To reevaluate our lives. God help us. That we might be holy. Just. And righteous. ourselves. Now there's many more characteristics of God. I'll show them for you on the overhead. There's just a few. I don't have time you can go tonight, but he's good and he's loving, he's compassionate, he's faithful, patient, truth, and he's also gracious. You know, he's gracious to take us back when we act as if we don't need him, and then we say, oh, we need you. Isn't he gracious tonight? How can we know this God personally? Turn with me to Bible, to John 17, 3. While you're turning... Let me just uh, challenge you to do one more thing, to uh, express your love and your affection for your loved ones. You know, life is not about things, it's about people. And we're probably going to discover that a little more rapidly. And we will probably go through some very difficult times financially and all kinds of other things. Yes, you see Continental Airlines now. I don't know how many it was, 14,000 or whatever, 20% of its workforce. Spirit Airlines has stopped coming now, totally here. Midway's gone out of business already, the airlines. Life is not about money, guys. There's no need to panic. It's about people. Remember when we leave, we come as the same way we came in? How was that? Say it if, like you're from Georgia now. Come on. And naked. And naked. <laughs> We're going to be out of here. And so seriously... How do we really know God? John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. To really know God intimately, you must accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your personal savior. This is where people don't get it. This is where many in our world will sing God Bless America, and it's wonderful they do. They will pray to God, but they do not understand that to really know God, they must absolutely accept Jesus Christ. You see, sin separates. Sin is always separated, and that separated us from God. If we repent, if we ask God to forgive us, if we believe in his work on the cross, 
then we can begin that relationship with God. And he becomes our God, and I know him. I begin to experience him in my life. Now, there's two dangers with knowing God. The first danger is dead religion or an unchanged life. Turn with me to John 5, 39. You're already in that book. And this is not only for unbelievers here. Those of you that are religious, and I don't have a thing wrong with you being religious, just so you understand that that won't get you where you want to go. But these verses you're going to read here are very important for Christians. John 5, 39. Jesus speaking. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Verse 40. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus was speaking to the religious leaders of those days, the Jews, who had an impersonal attitude, really, about God. They had spent their lives amassing the knowledge of the Torah and the Word of God. They knew the details of the Bible inside and out. They knew all their laws. They were experts in the Torah in the Old Testament. But they didn't know God. And they didn't know Jesus, the Savior, God's Son. Jesus was saying that to them. So here's the danger. You can even be here tonight as a Christian. And you might already know God. You have a personal relationship with Him. But here's the danger, especially in a church like ours. God gave us the Bible so we could have a relationship with Him, so we could know about Him. It's much more than facts and figures and dates and locations and verbs and nouns and tapes and notebooks and overheads. Those are all good. But they must lead you to where there's something burning inside when you know that's God. You remember Jesus? One day He was walking, and right after His resurrection... He was walking with two disciples, and they didn't have a clue, and they're trying to say, well, oh, you know what happened in Jerusalem and whatever, and he's not letting out. He never showed them who he was until later when he sat down, and they said after he left, didn't our hearts burn within us? They didn't say, whoa, look what he's wearing, and put that down, and the Greek word here was this, and the Hebrew word was this. Let me have a tape of this conversation. They said, no, my heart burned within me. That, for a Christian, has to be something that's only done in our quiet time. Now, I believe in taking notes. You know it. That's why I spend all this time. That's why Connie and all the rest of these, Dave and all the rest of these people, put them on the overhead. I believe in tapes. I believe in Bible college. Absolutely. But with that, guys, don't get lost in the things and miss the Savior. You know that you can know about God and not know God. Today's message really exposed the fact that we can know about God and not really know Him. Simply hearing about God, saying you're a Christian, practicing good works, or believing in His existence is not knowing Him. Just about anyone can say they have this knowledge, but not everyone can say they know what He desires most. As you try and do life right, you must spend the time to get to know Him as well as He knows you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4016, and the title of this message is Really Getting to Know Our God. Again, today's message number is 4016, and the message title is Really Getting to Know Our God. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue with a series of teachings from the book of Proverbs. Pastor Mark will give us insight on how to apply what we know about God to how we live. When we start to develop a personal relationship with our Redeemer, it allows us to do life right here and now. The more we get to know Him, the easier it will be to trust Him in the good times and the bad. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons